0: Next on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important issues.
1: 47,000 are dead, 350,000 homes destroyed, perhaps a million displaced after the tremendous earthquake in Turkey. Today, Dr. Reverend Mateen Alas tells how you can support them. and we pray the scriptures in Jesus' name. On today's show, we have a live interview in studio with Mateen Alas, a returning guest and friend of the program who helps lead Voice of Preaching the Gospel, vopg.org. And today, we're here to talk about Turkey and also Iran. Welcome to the program, Mateen Alas. How are you, sir?
2: I'm doing well, thanks, Dr. Chaps, good to be with you.
1: So, uh, Turkey is a NATO ally, they're actually Uh, considered part of the European self-defense, right? Even though they're in Asia, they're in the Middle East, just above Israel there and and Syria is a buffer between those. Horrible, horrible earthquake, which destroyed, I'm gonna ask you to give me the numbers again because I just kind of estimated, but you read the latest news today.
2: Yes, the earthquake uh, happened, actually two earthquakes, February 6th, uh, 7.8 on the Richter scale and a 7.5 a few hours later. The total destruction uh, is incomprehensible to us. It's over seven, over 47,000 people dead so far with the numbers certainly to rise. Uh, Turkey has estimated over 345,000 apartments uh, destroyed or leveled. And uh, that's just the Turkey side. Uh, Northwest Syria has also been severely affected, but we're not getting great numbers from Syria because Syria. since. 2011 has been in a civil war, and the northwest section of Syria is under rebel control. So a lot of chaos, not a lot of uh, relief able to get across the Turkish border or from uh, the government controlled portions of Syria into the northwest Syria.
1: So <clears throat> When you say 345,000 apartments, uh, let's say three people in, live in each of those apartments, that's over a million people that have lost their homes.
2: They've lost their homes, certainly. Yeah, the uh, WHO, United Nations Organization, has estimated, I think, that somewhere around 26 million people uh, across the region affected by the earthquake are are homeless or uh, are, are somehow displaced.
1: Oh gosh, so th- that's even worse than, uh, I was just doing the math by apartments, but you're saying 26 million, not just a million.
2: Well, 26 million displaced, that mean, homeless. Uh, But we're sure that, I mean, the earthquakes, the first earthquake hit at at 4.17 a.m., so the majority of the population in those apartments would have been asleep, and if they uh, crumbled or were pancaked on top of one another, that means the death toll is certainly gonna rise.
1: And the Richter scale for measuring earthquakes is is like a logarithmic. It goes up exponentially when you multiply by a factor of 10, for example. Mm -hmm. A 4.5 earthquake is 10 times worse than a 3.5. A 5.5 is 10 times worse than a 4.5. When you get up to seven and a half or 7.8, that's like exponential damage compared to, uh, I mean, this just absolutely devastated the community.
2: It did, that whole area, as you uh, must know, uh, has been seismically active for who knows how long there are three tectonic plates that, that converge in that area of Turkey and so it's always earthquake prone. But uh, this is one of the most serious kinds or levels of earthquake uh, that's, that's measurable. There haven't been too many greater. And certainly this is the, the most damaging and uh, the one that's produced the, most, the greatest death toll uh, in recent history, at least in the last
1: 100 years. How does uh, President Erdogan plan to respond to this? Has he called out to America for help? What, what is, the, what are the countries doing?
2: Well, that's a great question, and I'm, I'm not an expert on what Erdogan's been doing. Certainly, a lot of relief has been flowing in uh, to, uh, to Turkey, less to Syria, uh, but there's been help from Europe, of course, from NATO allies. Uh, the U.S. has pledged 187 million dollars. Uh, in relief efforts, um, there are lots of. For the first uh, uh, platoon of help was uh, search and rescue to try to uh, recover as many people alive from the rubble as possible. But now we're we're two weeks out from the earthquake, and so there's very little hope of of any more uh, rescue. And so now the the work is turned to, to uh, recovery, just trying to to uh, work through all the rubble and and uh, start to rebuild as time goes on.
1: I know uh, your ministry, Voice of Preaching the Gospel and the people you work with, uh, they're connected. You you know some people in the region. Are you hearing reports back or or have any of our friends uh, been affected?
2: Well, one of our uh, associates with the ministry who normally works stateside but is Syrian uh, has actually been over in Syria uh, in uh, a city on the coast uh, a little south of where the earthquake hit, a city called Latakia, and uh, the city not too far north, uh, Antakya, which is part of Turkey, but it's also on the coast, used to be part of Syria back in the old days. Uh, uh, in New Testament times, it was known as Antioch. Uh, that city was just completely leveled. Uh, our friend who is uh, and coworker who's uh, in Latakia uh, said they all felt the earthquake. It was fairly serious, but they there were no injuries or uh, uh, no major damage with them.
1: Well, you know, <clears throat> for individual families who were not affected, of course we thank God that they were spared. But what about the families who were affected? What do they need right now, and and how can we help?
2: What they need most is uh, uh, is protection from the elements. It's of course it's winter time. So the temperatures are below freezing even during the daytime in the northern Syria and southern uh, Turkey. They're below freezing, and uh, and so they they have no uh, protection, no place to go. So what's most needed uh, is uh, uh, blankets, tents, um, the kind of equipment that can bring some some warmth uh, to uh, to an area, and. Uh, there's some organizations, I know Samaritan's Purse is doing amazing work right now. Uh, they've, se- they've set up a field hospital, pretty extensive field hospital, and they're getting blankets and goods out. So uh, I think one of uh, the best organizations to support right now in terms of, if you want to send resources that will actually get in place to help people, Samaritan's Purse is a great organization to work through.
1: Okay, and what does VOPG do? What is your core mission?
2: Our core mission is to get the gospel to the Arabic speaking world. So whether that's Muslims or uh, traditional uh, Catholics or Orthodox who don't yet know really who Jesus is, uh, we produce uh, materials, Bibles in Arabic, uh, New Testaments sections, uh, uh, Gospels, and evangelistic literature and uh, and also uh, apologetic literature for Muslims who are questioning their own faith and interested in learning about who Jesus is. So we send that all over the world.
1: You know. Um Horrific events like this would cause me to question my faith if I were in their shoes. Um, Thankfully, I know my Lord, um, but there are a lot of people searching and VOPG.org is a great place to help. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll get into Iran.
0: Dr. Chaps will be right back with more PIJN News.
2: Do you have Muslim friends or neighbors living in America? We want to give them Bibles in their native language, and you can help. We're making a free offer to you, the viewing audience, to help give away free Bibles to Muslims. If you want us to send a copy of the New Testament for yourself or a friend in any of the following languages, we would love to send it to you free of charge. We've got an Arabic New Testament available, Farsi New Testament, Turkish New Testament, the Kurdish New Testament in Kurmanji, the Kurdish New Testament in Sorani, and the Dari Gospel of John. All you need to do is contact our office by phone, 719-574-5900. Again, that's 719-574-5900. Or send an email request to hope at vopg.org. Again, that's hope, H-O-P-E, at vopg.org. And we'll process your request right away. God bless you.
1: We're here in Israel, in literally the scene of all of the holy sites, like the Via Dolorosa, where Jesus carried his cross, the Garden Tomb, where he was raised from the dead, the Sea of Galilee, where he taught the disciples. And I prayed, Lord, how can I bring this inspiring environment into your living room? And what we've produced is a four DVD disc set with the entire Gospel of Matthew. I teach every verse in all 28 chapters of Matthew in short 12-minute segments so you can understand the exact words that Jesus taught from the exact location where Jesus lived. Pick up the phone right now and call us at 866-Obey-God. Again, that's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. For a suggested donation of just $50, we'll give you all four discs, the entire Gospel of Matthew, or you can write to us at the address on your screen or visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org. You're gonna love this Bible teaching. Pick up the phone and call us today.
0: Do you need a physical or spiritual healing? Are you being tested or tried? When Jesus needed to pray, he went to the Garden of Gethsemane. Do you need to really connect with God? If you're visiting Colorado Springs, come see the Gateway Prayer Garden just south of the city along Interstate 25. Walk our prayer trails among the trees by the beautiful Fountain Creek. Stand at the foot of our large cross and connect with Jesus. Enter our life-size replica of the empty tomb and spend time reading key Bible verses etched in stone along our ground cross as big as a football field. Join our worship gatherings and plan to attend our annual Easter sunrise worship service. We're located off I-25 exit 132A at 8035 Bandley Road, just north of the KOA campground. Experience Jesus at gatewayprayergarden.org. That's gatewayprayergarden.org. Empowering you, the grassroots activist. Here is Dr. Chaps.
1: Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps, joined again by Dr. Mateen Alas, who is with Voice of Preaching the Gospel. BOPG.org is the website. Uh, Mateen, you were talking about Turkey and Syria. Uh, Are there other countries that were, were immediately affected by the earthquake or just those two?
2: Those two were hit the hardest. Uh, Northern Iraq and uh, Iran as well felt the earthquake, but it was uh, nowhere near as intense as it was uh, right on the near the epicenter.
1: So politically over the past couple of decades, um, America's had a, a unusual relationship with Iraq. It, you know, After the Iraq war, in fact, I'm a, a Operation Iraqi Freedom veteran. I was a Navy chaplain on a ship that was engaged in that conflict back in 2003. Um, what has changed in Iraq? Now they have uh, sort of a, a, a democratic government, but they voted in Muslim extremists who are persecuting the Christians in the North.
2: Well, yeah, Iraq is uh, a very complicated situation because uh, over its history, it's it's contained uh, three major different groups of individuals all of them would consider themselves uh, Muslim, but you have, of course, the uh, Sunni minority, Uh, Saddam Hussein was a member of the Sunni uh, sect of Islam, and that minority, of course, uh, lorded it over and persecuted the Shiite majority. Uh, Then you have, uh, those are both Arab groups by and large, but then you have in the north, the Kurds. The Kurds see themselves mostly as Sunnis, but, sociologically they're very different from the, from the Arab people so you've got three different people groups who are sort of vying for uh, their own agendas and it's been awfully tough to to try to uh, bring them together uh, Saddam Hussein did a good job bringing them together because he ruled with an iron fist and uh, nobody dared to oppose him publicly but now it's a it's a mix the, the Shiites are back in charge but there are all sorts of groups Uh, within those three major groupings who have their own agendas. So you you still have Al-Qaeda working in there. You still have ISIS uh, working in there. They're all trying to foment unrest and overthrow the government to install their own kind of regime.
1: They they want sort of a a theological empire and they're working against what has become a a pseudo-democracy in Iraq um, because they want to establish a, a Muslim sort of messiahship. Talk about the theology of Islam.
2: (laughs) That's a complicated subject. Right? Uh, Overall, I think it's fair to say that uh, Islam teaches a supremacist ideology. It teaches that Islam is meant to rule over the whole world and all non-Muslims are meant to be subjected to the rule of Muslims so that uh, Muslims feel it's their prerogative to be able to take what they need from the non-Muslim world, because Allah has created everything and he's created for the Muslims.
1: And they don't just invent this, they, this is what Muhammad actually taught in the in Quran. In the Quran, yeah. yeah.
2: And in the uh, Islamic uh, Hadith traditions, the stories, reports about Muhammad and how he, uh, how he lived, how, how he answered questions for, uh, for his uh, Muslim audience. Uh, it's very clear that uh, Islam teaches that it, is, it will uh, overcome and rule the whole world. The whole world will come under uh, uh, the uh, Islamic rule of law, Sharia law.
1: And do they have uh, uh, an end times prophecy? How does it end for them?
2: Well, it ends with them, of course, on top. Uh, most Muslims uh, interestingly believe that Jesus is going to return at the end time, he's gonna be the harbinger of the, the coming end. But it's They're not- They're right, he is. <laughs> he is. But <laughs> it's, not the, it's not the biblical Jesus who's gonna return in their minds, it's the Islamic uh, Quranic Jesus. Uh, he will come back uh, as they believe to be the ruler or the leader over, over all of Islam, all Muslims. And he will lead the Muslim world then to overcome and uh, conquer the rest of the world.
1: And that's a caliphate. Is that the, the term? Caliphate. Yeah. So, so let's let's segue now to Iran because they're supposed, to, perhaps, the most theologically oriented government. They they have a totalitarian regime. It's not democracy, uh, although they pay lip service to that. Uh, the ayatollahs there really do rule the appointed presidents, who are. are making all kinds of statements against Jews and against Christians.
2: Yeah, Ayatollah Khamenei, who's the, the uh, one who followed after the original Khomeini, who was the leader of the uh, original revolution in 1979, uh, he's known as the supreme leader. So whatever Khamenei says as the supreme leader, the ultimate uh, Ayatollah, uh, uh, if the government has a differing viewpoint and tries to pass legislation to go in a different direction, he has the ultimate veto power. So the government exists under uh, the supreme guidance of this uh, ayatollah. So uh, there is no democracy. I mean, uh, people have debated this. Can democracy and Islam exist together? But the Islamic worldview is that Sharia law is God's law it can't be changed. If you change it, you're going to something that's imperfect because his, Allah's law is always perfect. So a theocracy like in Iran says, uh, we rule by, uh, by Sharia law. And so a government can't, uh, no parliament can say, oh, we're gonna change this law. So the parliament is essentially handcuffed to do everything that Sharia says. All they can do is vote in people, vote out people, and uh, do do things that would Im, uh, implement Sharia more perfectly, you might say. But they they can't say, well, we're going to change Sharia law.
1: And, and while Iraq and I, I think our <clears throat> our friends in Saudi Arabia are more one brand of Islam, Iran is the other brand. Is it exactly is it right. Shiite versus exactly. Sunni? Yes. Okay.
2: Yeah, Iran is Shiite, and one of the big differences governmentally between the Shiites and the Sunnis is that the Sunnis don't have an appointed supreme leader. Uh, they, they work now by councils, even though they believe ultimately that when a caliphate is reestablished, there will be one caliph, one, one leader, but, they, but in uh, the Sunnis, which are the vast majority of Muslims, 85% of all Islam is, uh, is Sunni Islam, uh, they don't have an appointed leader or someone that all the, all the Sh- Sunnis look up to, but in Shiite Islam, there is one appointed leader, and, and that right now is this fellow Khamenei.
1: Well, there you go. Okay, we need to take a short break. When we come back, what is Jesus doing among the Muslim world?
0: This is PIJN News.
1: Hi, I'm Dr. Chaps. I wanna introduce my friend, Mike Lindell, who wants to help support our ministry in the work of PIJN News. Uh, Mike, what do you think?
0: Well, I think everybody out there, y'all need to get behind praying Jesus' Name's ministry. Dr. Chaps here with this great ministry needs your support, and you can—you should donate to it. You can also use your promo code, "Pray News," and anything you're getting from MyPillow with big discounts, a lot of those proceeds are coming right back. I'm going to put them right back into this, into your amazing charity and show.
1: Well, thank you, sir, I accept that endorsement and we support your work at MyPillow.com. Remember, everybody, when you visit, use the promo code PRAYNEWS, you get a big discount and our charity gets a little bit of help. So thank you, Mike Lindell, for your support.
0: They get a lot of help, not a little bit, a lot of help.
1: (laughs) We need all we can get, for Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Looks like you've been sleeping well. Megan, he's back.
1: Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps, joined again by Dr. Mateen Alas, who's talking about the earthquake in Turkey and Syria, the uh, theology of Sunni and Shiite Islam that is really uh, sort of spurring the Iranian political leaders to threaten Israel, to threaten America. Uh, And and they they view us as the great Satan and and maybe Israel as the little Satan. but I love Jesus, you know, Jesus is the opposite of Satan. So how do they have it so upside down? And and is there a revival happening there?
2: Well, there certainly is a revival happening. Uh, As we know, historically speaking, the more unrest people face, uh, the more they're open to the work of the Holy Spirit. And uh, we see that happening all uh, around the Middle East, not just in the Middle East, uh, in all the Muslim world, uh, vast Muslim world. Muslims are questioning now what they've learned uh, through Islam. Uh, The internet has a lot of bad things uh, attributed to it, but one of the great things is that people now have freedom like never before to research for themselves who Jesus really is. Uh, They can go read the Bible for themselves in their own language. They can read evangelistic, uh, on evangelistic websites. Uh, They can learn the message of uh, the gospel and the supremacy of Jesus Christ. And uh, they discover a God of love rather than a God of, of power and vengeance. And they're attracted to Christ. So Muslims are coming in droves.
1: Is, is that the world. fundamental difference? I understand not just the religions, but the personalities. How do you compare Muha- the person of Muhammad, historical figure, to the person of Jesus, historical figure, and his teachings?
2: <laughs> well, uh, the person of Muhammad, uh, if, you, if you read just Muslim sources, is uh, is not a very attractive kind of person from from a Christian point of view. I mean, he uh, was very thin-skinned. Uh, when he was uh, uh, attacked verbally, he responded in kind. Uh, he ordered assassinations of opponents. Uh, he himself led out of uh, about 80 different raids on on opponents uh, or uh, raids to to rob. His opponents, he led uh, some twenty-seven of those personally. He ordered all of the eighty some, but he led some twenty-seven on uh, on his own. Uh, he, uh, of course, he was uh, a man who uh, he required that that his uh, Muslim men could marry up to four women, but he was not limited by that himself. He had uh, up to fourteen wives at one time. Uh, so
1: polygamy is anti-woman, but. But Jesus was Mm pro-woman. You you look at his ministry to women and his message, uh, for example, in John four, to the woman at the well, Jesus ministered one-on-one and elevated them. In fact, uh, that woman, although she had been married seven times, maybe one of the greatest of sinners, she became an evangelist for Jesus.
2: That's right, the Samaritan woman at the well. Uh, And we remember the story also in uh, John eight of the woman caught in adultery and uh, there's a a tremendous uh, parallel uh, negative parallel between Jesus and Muhammad being uh, being approached to, to ask the question what do we do with this woman we caught in adultery and of course we know the story in the Gospel of, of John where Jesus uh, he says he, without sin cast, cast the first stone. stone and then he says to her uh, where are your accusers she said they've all left he said neither do I uh, condemn you go and sin no more so he sets her free in in Islamic teaching, Uh, Muhammad, a woman comes to Muhammad saying that uh, she had committed adultery and she says, what should I do? And uh, they know the penalty that she should be stoned and he tries to convince her just to forget about it. She says, no, this is what happened to me. And then so he orders her to be stoned to death.
1: So Jesus and his message is one of mercy and forgiveness of terrible sin. Uh, I'm the worst of sinners. Jesus forgave me of a lot of sins uh, and continues to, right? Right. we have just a minute and a half left. Somebody out there is is not familiar with Jesus. They're just hearing this message. Maybe they come from an Arabic background. Would you minister to them and lead them in a word of prayer?
2: Sure. Well, what I would uh, say to you, first of all, is that uh, the God that you don't yet know uh, is a God who created you, who knows you inside and out, who knows uh, what you've been struggling with and uh, how you've fallen in the past. But he is a God who loves you beyond what you can imagine now. And he is a God who offers you forgiveness. He's a God who came himself into this world in the form of a human being as Jesus and uh, suffered and died for your sins so that you could be set free. Uh, All you need do is turn to God, confess your sins, uh, embrace what Jesus has done for you, and you can know the freedom and new life that God offers you, eternal life. So let me pray, if I can, for you. Gracious God, we uh, appeal to you on behalf of all those who are watching at this moment. We ask you uh, to shower upon them your blessing, to relieve them of their uh, guilt and uh, of their sense of futility in their lives. Show them how much you love them. uh, As they open their hearts to you, Lord, flood them with the gift of your Holy Spirit free them to live for you and to become ambassadors of your love to those around them. And we ask this all, Father, in Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen, our guest has been Mateen Alas, their website, vopg.org. Our website is PrayInJesusName.org. Please donate when you visit PrayInJesusName.org. If you need prayer or if you just prayed with us, pick up the phone and call our prayer line at 866-ObeyGod That's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. It's free. We'll see you next time.